you ended up clicking on this podcast? Well, good for you. Good for you, because you just came across Connoisseurs on the record. I'm Ian. I'm Trey. Dang it, that was good. <laughs> and we are here to talk about... Uh, what's the name of the... Al- Sour. Sour. We're here to talk about Sour. I had good for you stuck in my head, because that's the only thing I know from her. Spoiler alert. Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Ian, I have a question. Okay. How old were you when you got your driver's license? How old was I when I got my driver's license? Yes, sir. That's an embarrassing question. It is for me, too. That's why I'm actually... Oh, God. Uh, prob- probably more embarrassing for me. What's the legal uh, driver's license number? I don't know if it varies by state to state, but what's well, We're ours? from South Carolina. I don't know if it varies either, but you can get your permit at 15 and then your license is 16. Okay. Um, I, g- <laughs> I got my permit when I was like 19 or 20. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, mine's so not as embarrassing. get on you my go, level. You go ahead with your story. Never get mind. Get on my level. What How, was yours? I got my permit at sixteen and license at eighteen. I thought that was bad. I want. You, I want to hear about why you got yours okay. at nineteen or twenty. Or okay. You well, said. let me think. Uh, well, for one, I was. Um, uh, I don't know. Driving was just never appealing to me. I was always. I'm an only child, so I was always chauffeured and kind of coddled my entire life. But. Uh, no, what led to me finally biting the bullet, I got my permit, I think, when I was around, let's see, I ended up meeting Gabrielle back in, my wife, back in 2017, and it's 2022, I am 24 now, I'm sorry I'm having to do this math out loud, I'm 24 now, so maybe I'll edit out this math, maybe I won't, um, let's see, so 2022. 20, no, let the listeners hear you struggle. 20, 19, 18. I barely skirted through high school. Now I got to start over. 22, 21, 19, 18, 17. Four years. I had my permit around that time. Your permit never expires, right? I have no idea, personally. Okay. Well, either way, 2020 was when I finally got my license. So how old were you when you got your license? (laughs) Okay. 2020, two years ago. That should be some easy math. 24 to... (laughs) <laughs> 22 I was 20, 22 I was years 22 old. when I got my license let me give you some reasoning I just never got my I just never got my license it never appealed to me I never really saw a reason why and when I met Gabrielle back in 2017 I she was kind of my I was used to being chauffeured like I said so she was kind of the one doing all the driving and I never really had any sort of incentive to start um, driving myself and I ended up getting a job with a radio station I've talked to you about this uh, just let the public know, I worked at a radio station, and it was hell on earth. Radio a- station name redacted for legal purposes. But it was a Christian radio station, which was the worst part because they treated me like garbage. Anywho, that's a story for another day. Either way, I ended up getting that job, and at the time, it was a dream job. And I needed some sort of transportation there, and it was a morning show, so I had to be there around like 5.30 in the morning every single morning. So I needed a way of transportation. And that was what sparked, lit a fire under up me and my family's asses to finally get me a license and get me a car. Way to slap that explicit label on our podcast right off yeah, the Yeah, boy. I love it. I mean, Olivia was already going Earn to Earn that it. explicit label. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what inspired me to finally get it. So yeah, 2020, I am a pandemic driver's license, baby. Wow. All wow. that to say... See, I 100% asked you that question thinking that my answer would be more embarrassing. Not that yours is embarrassing. I said that no, wrong. No, no. I have you beat on embarrassing no, stories, I said, brother. I, I was like you. turning 18 when I got mine. I thought that was late. But 22 is... That is that is something else. Holy I cow. Am, I am a unique breed. I, uh, I, had an, is, I had an only child lifestyle that was... I'm a bit behind. It took me a while to get my license. It took me a, lot, it took me a while to tie my shoes. It's a, it's, do you know how to swim? (laughs) Not well. Okay. (laughs) In fact, in fact, my wife is the one who actually started teaching me to swim. I can doggy paddle. I'm I'm like, I'm Andre the Giant in um, Princess Bride. I can doggy paddle. (laughs) Do you know how to ride a bike? Um, no comment. Okay. I I think that covers the basis of things you learned to do when you were a kid that Ian might not have, uh, might not have covered, but that's interesting. The reason I asked you about when you obtained your driver's license is because today as you mentioned we are talking about sour by olivia rodrigo olivia rodrigo is an artist that recently became very very popular almost overnight it would seem she starred in high school musical the musical the series did i get that right yeah there's too many of them but i think that's pretty it's much like the name it's a tv it. show but it's high school it's called high school musical the musical the series is what i want to think i think it's called 
Really weird. It's such a dumb name. I don't and you understand. You know it. they know that. Yes. And it's supposed to be tongue in cheek, but I don't really get it. Maybe I should watch it. That's neither here nor there. But her debut album, Sour, came out in 2021. And today we'll be going track by track and giving our thoughts on it. And you, you said it pretty much got popular overnight. It seemed like it got popular overnight because her first single was Driver's License. And I remember I. Thank was, you, TikTok. Yeah, I was all of a sudden, sudden hearing people. Playing that and quoting that and singing that wherever I went, and I was like, "What the heck is this? What the heck is this new song about a driver's license?" I gotta check this out, and I discovered Olivia Rodrigo from there. And I'm not gonna lie, I don't hate her stuff. I think I think she's pretty good. Her repertoire and her um, not her repertoire, her reputation. My bad, so many rep words. Her reputation speaks for itself. Just a this is a no. This is a small list. This is a small list of the accomplishments of her album, Sour. It was the most pre-added album on Apple Music the week of its release. Wow. It was the first debut album to have two songs top the Hot 100 charts with Driver's License and Good For You. Mm. 385 million streams in its first week, which is the biggest for a female artist, beating Ariana, Ariana Grande's record of Thank You, Next. Has Taylor Swift since eclipsed that number? I would be very curious. I have no idea. I actually, I, believe it or not, I haven't checked those stats since okay. her latest album came out. I wouldn't out, doubt it so. if she had. Uh, she became the second youngest artist to be nominated in all four general Grammy categories in the same ceremony. Now, is that album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, and what's the other one? I'm not sure. I forgot to write that down. New artist of the year? Sure. Okay. Now, I think I it sounds know. good. Maybe artist of the year. I don't know. But I I encourage I encourage you lots listening. of nominations. To I say, encourage yeah. you listening to look it up and properly admonish us on social media. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Next, Sour has won eight awards total, including the Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Album in 2022, and she was the world's tenth best-selling artist in all of 2021. And I kind of want to um uh give a little tag at the end of all that. Um, this is her debut album. Keep in mind, she is 19 years old. What were you doing at 19 years old, Ian? Um, I know for a fact that I was still with my wife, and she could probably attest to you that um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I'm 23 and still don't know what I'm doing, so I understand. <laughs> Safe to say she's had a lot of success for a very brief, short career so far, and there's probably plenty more that lies ahead for her. But all that being said, why don't we just go ahead and dive right into track number one, which is... Brutal. I'm so insecure, I think that I'll die before I drink. And I'm so caught up in the news of who likes me and who hates you. All I did was try my best. It's the kind of things I get unrelentlessly upset. Trey, you were bopping along to every single word of that and singing along word for word. Listen, with this album, I'm going to take myself out of being a 23-year-old male, and put myself into the shoes and the mind of a 18 to 19-year-old female, if you will. You know, And I'm going to appreciate this album for what it is. If I were an 18 to 19-year-old female, and we'll get to it down the line, let's talk about the rest of the songs on this album. This album speaks to, speaks to that genre, that people, that demographic, in a way that I don't know if I've ever seen an artist do, especially in this day and age where social media runs rampant and everything is about appearance and everything is about, you know, looking your best no matter what, pretending that everything is perfect in your life. I think that this song, it's, I think it's, it's, it's this perfect introduction to how much she can't stand being a, I guess she was 17 or 18 at this time, a 17 or 18 year old girl living in this society where there's so much pressure on, on her and that age group, that demographic. I think it's great. And it's so hard-hitting right off the bat, too, and I was not expecting it when I first heard it. This is going to be a very interesting album to talk about because me, for being so open-minded, as far as it comes to music, I was not able to step outside of my current age. The fact that you were able to do so, I know for a fact that you're going to have some very different takes than i had oh boy because this I've, is really the first time we've probably 
gonna end up disagreeing a lot on this on this podcast if we're being honest when i make notes regarding songs that we dive into i always make them live as i'm going through i'm essentially putting down my thoughts and my first reactions and my very first reaction was wow this is some serious teenage angst is the whole album like this (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong i mean nothing you said there was incorrect it's just it's it's Different strokes for different folks, you know what I mean? And I think we're different folks in this situation. Don't get me wrong. Her lyrics are great. Like, of someone who is her age, her perspective is way too good for someone of her age and her mindset. Like, I get it. She's 18. Everyone's been there. I feel like this is one of the only times where there's... I feel like I'm starting to become the old man. I'm starting to become the guy who, I don't get teenagers these days. Old man yells at Cloud. That that guy, basically. (laughs) Yes. But the thing is, like, that's that is where I was when I was her age, and I'm sure teenagers eat this up. I mean, our generation, yours and mine, oh, we list. We trust list, me, teenage teenage girls eat this up. Absolutely, there's not a question. Like, let's just stop and think. How fast her tour sold out when it first she came out with tickets? Yeah, they eat this up like crazy. Like, stop and think, Trey. When you and me were this age, the kind of stuff we listened to. We listened to My Chemical Romance. We listened to Panic at the Disco, Fall Out Boy, Blink One Eighty Two. We listen to the same kind of pop punk bands. I mean, I might, I'm might i not sure what yours was, but that's like... When you put it like that, you make us sound like we're 35 or 30. I'm sorry. There, this is what happens. Like this is what happens when I listen to music from all decades. I kind of forget what decades were big when I was a kid. Fall Out Boy and Panic! at the Disco definitely would be in that group. Even My Chemical Romance kind of fits in. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally But that kind of pop punk emo vibe, you know? I would say the great comparison for Olivia Rodrigo would be like an Avril Lavigne. Type yes, of, type yes, of yes, yes. I forgot. I left out Avril. That's, that's Avril Lavigne is who a I perfect. Would that's who I compare. Because the thing, and you can tell her influence in this song. There's a lot of pop punk influence in the song, which I dig. Yeah. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. So who's to say that this isn't modern teenagers' versions of that? Like, who am I to say? Oh well, this is just too angsty. No, like this is the kind of go back and listen to Blink. Go back and listen to Fallout Boy. Like they are whiny and angsty and just going on and on about the most superficial teenage stuff anything short of someone like stealing their favorite toys or something but the number one rule is you've got to start an album out strong and i think she did i think this is a really good intro so it is a solid intro i mean yeah i i think it's pretty good but a very 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 steep contrast on the next song which is traitor y'all a good inside baseball as far as it comes to what goes on in the connoisseur studio i have listened to this album once in preparation to talk about it today trey over here is mouthing along word for word now don't get me wrong i've listened to this album probably 15 to 20 times before we even decided we were going to review it for the channel that's not to say i'm some huge olivia rodrigo fan but you can't deny that the catchiness of some of her songs are it's just it literally it's undeniable and I she's think that's what it. she goes she for. She really with. does have it. Well, with this song specifically, Trader, she's talking about being in a relationship with someone and they eventually, the other person eventually cuts things off. And then right after they break up, he is with another girl and she becomes very suspicious that he was doing things and talking to that other girl on the side while she and him were still together. And again, someone from an outsider's perspective might look at this and be like, Okay, come on. This is high schooly. This is this is so melodist. This is melodramatic. Another word of the day. This is melodramatic and I just I feel like I can't really relate to this. Well, you know, maybe you're not supposed to. But again, the 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds that listen to this kind of music eat this stuff up. Like this is the stuff that goes on in their lives every single day. They've I mean, been through this before. I'm a diehard Metallica fan, but I don't listen to the song one because I relate to a Navy vet who got hit by a grenade and lost all of my limbs and all of my sight and vision and am in a prison of my own body. I don't relate to that, but it's a damn good song. If so you, you ha- don't have to relate to appreciate the art. Go ahead and check off Ian finding a way to mention Metallica in the podcast off your bingo card. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you've had that one, you've probably had that marked off for the last like six episodes. So. Oh well, there's a drinking game. Listen through, <laughs> listen through uh, the connoisseur's library and no. take a, and take a drink every time you hear either that or a very obscure nerdy reference. Yes, I will. Get, I will get you so hammered you have no idea. But don't come suing me when you get alcohol poisoning. You did this to yourself. As for the song for me, I think it is a beautiful song. It's a typical, I labeled it as a typical cheating heartbreak song, but dare I say, it's good. And good. I'll say, I even saved it in my library nice. on Apple Music. Really? I like the simple, kind of stripped down vibe of it. It really plays to her strengths, like her passionate voice and her emotion. And I cannot deny the talent that she has. And I really liked it the more it went on. Nice. It sounds exactly like uh, my wife, who I've mentioned several times in this episode. Gabrielle, she has a playlist that she listens to that she likes to call it Happy Folk. She has this kind of music, the kind of modern acoustic hits that she listens to, the kind of Louis Capaldi, uh, that kind of music that she listens to on a rainy day. She loves stripped down acoustic music during days when it's a little stormy outside. And this sounds like it would fit that playlist like a glove. If I were to play this for her, I'm like, hey, babe, it's raining. Let me play this song for you. She would absolutely love it, and I guarantee you she would save it to her playlist as well. So, Well, then I'd be very curious to know about your thoughts on the very, very famous, infamous, whichever word you want to use, track called Driver's License. Oh, yeah, the TikTok song. And I just can't imagine how you could be so forever now I drive alone past your street all right well okay okay she has some pipes I will say that <laughs> absolutely and I'll tell you what man there's something when you unapologetically use a metaphor like you know a driver's license you you're describing missing a relationship through obtaining your driver's license for the first time and some people look at that as corny, as tacky. It's like, it's a cheap way of getting a message across. But I think it's beautiful. I think it's for a, again, for the audience that it's appealing to. You know, every 16 or 17 year old girl has probably gotten their driver's license within the last year, year and a half. And okay, more inside baseball. Me personally, I was actually dealing with a really tough breakup right when this song came out. And I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not. A, I wasn't a teenage girl. I wasn't even a girl. But I definitely belted this song out my car. Citation needed. In my car, <laughs> out my car windows several times when this song first came out because I was like, man, something about this and the, the the passion and the way she sings this song is just you feel it like deep down in your bones. You know what I mean? It's like it's chilling almost. And it sounds so weird to describe an Olivia Rodrigo song like that, but it really is just next level. I would say this is the most well written song on this album you know, the way that she ties something so normal about a teenage girl's life, like obtaining your driver's license into something so meaningful and heartbreaking, like losing someone you thought would be there forever. Um, and I felt that myself like hardcore. So yeah, you know, I, I do. I, I really enjoy this song. She's three for three so far in my book. And I can't believe that I would mention our previous album that we reviewed Kate Bush. I can't believe that I would mention her in this same conversation but during that album, I was talking about how much of a strong soft spot I have for very immersive songs. Yep. And for me, immersive can be just the tiny steps that you take. The tiny step of her opening the song with a door open with the little seatbelt ding in a car, followed into the ding, 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 into a piano rhythm. Super Super cool. Like, something so small in essence, but something that really makes the song what it is when you Very it fascinating. Yeah. And then the way it builds, it like is a slow build throughout the song with the lone piano notes with a kick drum, some strings added later. It really adds to the atmosphere of the song. And I am a damn sucker for songs that build the way this one does. And something I just learned like five seconds ago as well, this album was supposed to be an EP at first until this song came out and it had such crazy success if I'm not mistaken it was one of the fastest songs ever on Spotify to reach a billion streams um, 
but it was supposed to be sour was supposed to be an ep at first and then this song got so successful and they're like nah we're gonna make this into an album so it was one of the biggest songs of 2021 and for good reason if i were to have any any complaint about this me the pes me being the pessimist that i am when it leads up to the um street light stop signs that part i feel like the build that the song has, I feel like that chorus was just a little, just a little underwhelming. Talking about the bridge when it for comes, yeah. the build up, the, it's building up so much. You think it's gonna become something so big, but I feel like the chorus that it has there is just a little bit weak. That being said, it's not enough to turn me off from the song. Uh, this song is so much more than just the TikTok song to me. Now it's actually a really good song in its own right. What are your thoughts about track four? One step forward. And three steps back. I'm the love of your life until I make you mad. It's always one step forward and three steps back. Do you love me, want me, hate This one's me. cool. You don't really hear this concept talked about in songs a lot. I think she's describing a relationship she's been in where the, the guy in the relationship is a bit... I won't use the word bipolar, but very here, then there. Very hot, then cold. Very, You never know which version of that guy you're going to get um, when you wake up each day. I think she does a really, really good job of making that concept into something that makes sense for a lot of people. Because not many people sing about that kind of stuff. That's a real thing that happens in a lot of relationships. You get scared of the person you're with. You don't want to leave them, but you're also very terrified that you might wake up and... You know, they're going to be an asshole that day. Or you wake up and the next day they're going to be Prince Charming. And you're stuck going back and forth. And it ends up hurting that other person in that relationship more than more than you know. So I, I, really, I really like this one. I really think this is... What I like about this album as a whole is, yes, it is geared to a specific audience. But it explores a lot of interesting concepts that I think need to be explored more in songs. This is one of them. This is a very common trait of a toxic relationship. It's just up and down, up and down. You never know what you're going to get. And I think she does a great job of talking about that in this song. Man, you should have been a salesman. Because when I first put my thoughts on this song, like literally all I said was, it doesn't really do it for me. And after two really strong heartbreak, heartbreak ballads, this one just sounded like white noise to me. I really should have, for you to dig so deep into the words and actually start breaking apart how this one differs from the ones that came before, I didn't even think of it that way. So initially, I didn't really give it too much of the light of day. But now that I realize it's just a different kind of heartbreak, sure, I'll give it a pass. It's a pretty song. I don't think any of these songs sound bad in this album, I think. It's very well produced, and she has a very pretty voice. So I can't really say too much bad about her or about the album. But, yeah, no, I mean, at the time it just didn't do much for me. But after hearing you, I mean, hey, changed my mind a little bit. Someone that's been through it, someone that understands that kind of situation, I think it would do a lot for them. You know what I mean? And that might just be something that I guess it's you've got a great relationship with someone you've loved for a long time and you never have to question who they're going to be the next day when you wake up. So I think it just kind of... Hits different people in different ways. So. Like, I might as well peel the Band-Aid off right now. Something that I realized as I was listening through is just, like you said, you were able to step outside of yourself and see it in the perspective of a teenager who's going through it, a teenager who's been through heartbreak, a teenager who is dealing with all this angst and what have you. I wasn't able to step out of that because I am a going-on-25-year-old married man, a man, conservative, not Olivia Rodrigo. Whatever Olivia Rodrigo is, I am not. So uh, for some reason, I wasn't able to step outside of myself and see it from that perspective. So any pessimistic outlook I have from here on out uh, is... It's just stemmed from the fact that it was hard for you and your position in life to relate to this album. Exactly. Understandable. Exactly. It's exact. I mean, I felt like that about certain albums before too, so I get it. What was your thoughts on number five? Deja Vu, which was the second single off this album. Car to Malibu, strawberry ice cream, one spoon for two, and trading jackets. 
Trey, you've been the fount of knowledge with this album. You please start with this one. You're going to say something about Billy Joel when it's your turn to talk. I just know that. Second. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. You don't know me. <laughs> I do. You That's don't why I know said what me. I said. I do. <laughs> That's why I said that you're going to say something about Billy Joel. <sighs> He's changing his nose as we speak. Am, don't am, say anything am about too. Billy Joel. I, I, this is not my favorite on the album, personally. Okay, I don't think good. it was a strong choice for a second single. It did. Wait, really, this was a single? This was the second single oh, after God. Driver's License. It was the second single that came out. Um, it was kind of like everybody was anticipating what she was going to drop next after she dropped Driver's License because it was such a worldwide smash hit. This was not my favorite on the album. This one, to me, comes across as a little more pretentious, bitter, stuck-up, any of those words you want to throw out there than any of the other tracks on the album, which I'm never a fan of in songwriting and listening to music in general. I don't want to feel like if I'm putting myself into a song that I have to be pretentious while I'm doing it. And I feel like that's what this song is. It's just, it's pretentious in nature. And it just doesn't, the way you said that number four, when you, or uh, one step forward, three steps back, didn't really do it for you. This one just doesn't do it for me. I've also heard her perform this live with Billy Joel, fun fact. Oh my God, at, did she? In New York City at Madison Square Garden. I believe it was Madison Square Garden. I know that she performed Uptown Girl with him. I didn't know She did that. this song, and not going to lie, she sounded not very good when she did it. Yeah. I don't. Her vocals weren't great live. Well, I mean, Nothing against her, well, but I mean, when no next, one's going to sound great when you're performing with Billy Joel. I was about Joel. to say, when you're next to the piano, man. Yeah, exactly. But I am curious to hear your thoughts on this one. It is not my favorite. I'm very happy. I'm very relieved that you weren't married to this song. Because I thought, straight out the gate, it was so annoying. Okay. I thought it was another, hey, look at how we had it, and now you're doing the same thing with somebody new type of song. I feel like all this, all these songs leading up to now are about kind of the same thing, with you're the gonna, exception being the opening track, which is more about teen angst. You're going to hate the next one. And I would almost case. prefer another angsty song, because how many exes is she going to cry about? Huh, Taylor Swift, Olivia, sorry. Though, of course... Like I said, I mean, I'm a 24-year-old man, married man. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to relate to this. I know I'm not the demographic. You're not crying over exes. You're not bitter over exes, so I get it. Not crying over exes, yes. Not bitter over exes, that's a different story. Okay, I think that I think bitterness and crying are two completely different things. They absolutely are. But I am not going to say anything, anything about the Billy Joel line. I'm lying. Okay, Uptown <laughs> Girl is the song that you mentioned. That is weak. That is lame. That is mid. He played her Uptown mid. Girl, but not any when other Billy get... Joel love song classics like She's Always a Woman, um, uh, She's Got Away, uh, Just the Way You Are. And he probably thinks To Make You Feel My Love is an Adele song when Billy Joel is the one who wrote it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uptown Girl is an incredible song. and it, But if that's the only Billy Joel song this guy's been playing for you, then he clearly doesn't truly understand the piano man. And therefore, girl, you deserve better. Let but then just... here's the plot twist, Trey. It's revealed that she's the one that taught him Billy Joel. So of course she doesn't know any of the other songs of his because they're not on the radio. Olivia Rodrigo would not be caught dead listening to songs like Captain Jack or All for Lena. She wouldn't listen to those. She only listens to the ones like Piano Man and Uptown Girl that are on the radio. So she is a casual Billy Joel fan. Let me just say, if you get Ian Richings using a word like mid... You know you've really messed up in an irreparable way. So safe to say this is not your favorite song in the album. I mean, I thought it was all right, but I'm kidding. I can't stand it. Okay. Then let's move on to number six. Good for you. Okay, I'll admit, I, I headbanged to this one. I'll go ahead and admit it. I'm man enough to say that good for you kind of gets my blood pumping, and I'm not ashamed to say it. How can you not headbang to this song? I did read in the notes for this album that this song interpolates the song uh, Misery Business by Paramore. Obviously. Obviously. Huge Paramore vibes from this one. If you were to play Misery Business immediately followed by this one, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we're finally getting a song that has a pulse. I mean, sure, it's the same old sad, pretentious lyrics, but it's a bop of a song. So This was, I believe, the third single that came out, the last single before she actually dropped the album. And 
I would argue that this one got just as big, if not bigger, than Driver's License got. Oh, it definitely It's did. up there for sure. Those are definitely the two most popular on this album, but I love this one. I it is, It's a little pretentious. It's a little, again, melodramatic, word of the day. But it's that angstiness you talked about in Brutal. I think she channels it in a better way here. I think she channels it in I a agree. more clear and concise way. She knows what she's talking. Yes, it's about the same, pretty much the same subject matter that it's been about this entire album, which is an ex that she's still a little bit bitter about. She channels that and she makes a more concise song this time instead of Brutal, which is just yelling at the entire world that's around her, how she hates her life as a 17-year-old. And I think this song is one of, if not the most, again, windows down, banging your head screaming out the window as loud as you possibly can songs of the past five years during the bridge near the end of the song when olivia says maybe i'm too emotional and i just say well you don't say <laughs> you don't say <laughs> but again she's a seven she's at this time she's a 17 year old girl these are the kind of things she's dealing with i'll I'm, tell you right now it, there, it, it took until i was about like 21 to get rid of my angst so yeah, of course Hell. i still have some angst and i'm 23 so i Totally, totally understand her, but that, in my opinion, is where the album kind of hits its peak, if you will, as we move on to track number seven, Enough For You. Okay, I'm glad you said that. I wore makeup when we dated, cause I thought you'd like me more. If I looked like the other prom queens, I know that you loved before. Tried so hard to be everything that you like. To me, this is where the album starts to sound a little too formulaic. I and a little too point. repetitive. It's just this is personally my least favorite song on the album. And it's just a matter of how many songs can we get that aren't sonically and just musically appealing enough to the ears to forgive the fact that you've talked about the same thing it's very over and over again. One dimensional is yeah. how I saw it. Like this girl really only understands heartbreak and how it makes her feel. And hardly any songs here really show any understanding of the greater things of life. Now, granted when I was 18, I didn't have a clue either. So I give her some leniency on her age, like obviously, but <laughs> Yeah, this one was just and no. I I toned out the whole thing, like only until we just played that clip a little while ago. Was I thinking, oh yeah, I did listen to this because I, I no memory of it. And honestly, I would say very similar things as we move on to the next song called "Happier." You look happier. Oh wait, no, 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 not that song. Wait, 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 no, 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 not, not that one. And I thought my heart was attached from all the sunlight of our past. But she's so sweet, she's so pretty. Does she mean you forgot? Get to verse two of this song, and she literally says, "Do you tell her she's the most beautiful girl you've ever seen?" An eternal love bullshit. I don't know why I drug that word out. I just don't like being explicit as much as I don't. I I prefer to keep it PG, but it's bullshit with a with a capital bull. (laughs) You know you'll never mean. It's it's the same exact concept as deja vu. It's the same thing. It's just that this time instead of being bitter about a past love or meeting somebody new, she's pretending to wish happiness for the person she dated and his new partner. It's just, again, it's the same thing over and over again. It's it's a repetitive concept, and it's not bad, which makes me wonder if this album would have been better in EP form. Thank you! That's yes. what I was going to end with. When we got through all the songs, I was going to say that because I had that take written down, had no idea that it was originally going to be an EP, so that is self-fulfilling prophecy for me. Okay. Because I'm going to give a comparison that you'll be able to relate to. I'm sorry, everyone. Panic at the Disco, Viva Las Vengeance. The album that we talk about almost every single episode. When I was listening to that album, 
And we don't even need to do an we don't even need to do an episode over that album for how many times we talk about it. We'll have a concert vlog coming very soon where we went to see Brennan Urey perform that album in its entirety. So you can expect that. But whenever I was listening to that album and I was trying to like it, every time an excessive high note hit, I started laughing and put my head in my hands because I'm like, oh my god, still we're still doing this. How many times is this going to happen? Identical reaction when this song came on. On the very first lyric, we broke up a month ago. As soon as she said that, I just busted out laughing. I'm like, she's still doing this. She's still going on with this same bit. It just seems like 11 songs talking about very, very similar. Not all of them. Some of them are different, which we'll get to with the next song. But it's just very much... It's difficult to enjoy as much when you hear these same exact ideas being talked about throughout each song but that does bring us to the next song which is a little different well all that being said about this one it is definitely my least favorite pop song titled happier that was written between 2015 and 2021 okay which is a surprisingly large pool to pick from if we're being honest <laughs> but that does bring us to the next song which in fairness is a is very much different in concept jealousy jealousy and i can't let it go come comparison Finally, a song with depth. Yes. About damn time. I love the concept too. Social media, this world that we live in today, it's all comparison. It's the only topic on this album that I actually resonate with. You don't have to be a certain age group. I mean, no. as long as you're not over 40, you should understand this one pretty Body well. Body image is something that has been one of my biggest stressors literally my entire life i feel that i mean it's a matter of especially being at that age 17 or 18 everyone is posting their lives away on social media everybody is making social media priority making themselves look good no matter what have to keep up that appearance and it is insanely stressful when it comes down to it yeah and this song to me is one of the best songs on this album in terms of introducing a new concept and in, in executing it in a really well thought out fashion. I think it's the strongest song on the album because it's personal and, re- and more relatable than just oh my heart was broken and I'm upset and I'm upset about it and I'm upset at you for it. And one line that stuck out, I think I think too much about the kids who don't know me. Mm. Really good line, really slick production, really like kind of groovy makes you want to move your shoulders around kind of way she, she's uh doing the chorus yeah so and that line specifically like you, you she's right though you, you we really do as a culture we care a lot about people that don't care about us at all we care about their opinions we go through instagram and we post a picture and 95 percent of the people that follow us don't actually care what we're posting they're just scrolling, tapping twice, scrolling, tapping twice, scrolling, tapping twice. But we based our happiness, we got to get that dopamine rush of seeing those likes flood in. We base our mental health and our happiness on seeing hearts from other people and making sure people are commenting about our appearance and thinking we look good. It's ridiculous. It really is when it comes down to it. That being said, go follow Connoisseur's Pod on Instagram. <laughs> it is C-O-N-N-O-I-S-S-E-U-R-S okay? We are promoting a business. That's Connoisseur's O-T-R on Twitter. It's different. Okay. We're promoting a passion product of ours. Not being vain. So, but yes, that being said. If we I really do... need some likes, I'll get Trey to whip his shirt off and then we'll be sure to get some of those likes in. But I kind of want to attract music fans and not Trey fans. <laughs> we'll be sure to we'll be sure to have something happen. That's for sure. All that <laughs> Only be... fans is off the table for the time being. Yeah, you don't know my financial state currently. We will we'll revisit that in about a month. I I personally agree with you. I think that's one of the stronger songs on the album. I think that she does a really good job of, while she is younger, she addresses something that a lot of people can relate to, which is rare on this album. You don't get much of that. Um, and it doesn't come across as pretentious. It comes across as relatable and honest and open, transparent, which in songwriting is super important. So very good song. As we lead into number 10, 
which is favorite crime. Favorite crime. Now every time a siren sounds, I wonder if you're around, cause you know that I do it all again. All the things I did. And we are back to our regularly scheduled heartbreak. This one's a little different. I will give her credit. It's a little different. It's still heartbreak, but... Look, it sounds this good. Like... This whole album sounds good. I will stress that till I'm blue in the face. Very good sounding album. Very well produced. Very talented vocalist and songwriter is she. This song is just... It went right back into the norm after I gave so many compliments and enjoyed Jealousy Jealousy so much. This just eh, just fell right back down. I don't hate this one personally. I do think it is one of the songs that her record label was probably like, man, we need a couple more songs to fill out this album. Can you crank out two more of a, more of these before the deadline? And she's like, sure, I can talk about the same guy for the 10th time. I can do that. Yeah, it, it doesn't stand out. It's not horrible in my opinion. It's not great. It's just kind of there. Which for a 10th out of 11th track, I mean, it doesn't really have to be world changing or anything i just think it it just exists that's all it is you know it's really unfair listening to kate bush prior to listening to this one because yeah. you listen to a song like an album like hounds of love which go check out that episode if you haven't yet and listening to an album that's so well put together and hearing it constantly evolve and each song has a different identity and it tells a cohesive story and the whole album is just one big crazy work of art put together you kind of start holding other albums to a standard especially if it's just a little chewy bubblegum pop album like olivia rodrigo but again still a good sounding song so that much i can still give her credit for that does bring us to our last song on the album which again talks about something very i guess unique compared to the rest of the songs it's called hope you're okay and somehow we fell out of touch Hope he took his bad deal and made a royal flood Don't know if I'll see you again someday Okay, straight out the gate, I need to admonish myself a little bit. Because I, whenever I'm getting this um, listening to albums done, I'm normally listening to it as I'm working at my 9 to 5. And as I'm doing so... I don't really get to fully appreciate the lyrics that are being done. And in my mind, for some reason, I still interpreted this as another heartbreak song. But as I listen to the lyrics now, I realize just how wrong I was. And this might be the second song I can actually kind of relate to. Having a friend that you've kind of fallen away from. So, yeah, it's actually a little more relatable. She's kind of... She's kind of... In this one... There's two separate verses talking about two different people. She's kind of looking back at, and I don't even know if I would describe their relationships, her relationships with these people as friendships, really. Maybe just people that she kind of saw in passing, but recognized that they may have had hard home lives, things of that nature. Not as much someone that you would sit at lunch with, but someone you'd sit in class with. Yeah, someone that you definitely knew more than some, more than just their name about, but would never really call them a true, really great friend. But and she if kinda, that's not relatable, I don't know what is. Yeah, there are I mean, a lot of people we come across in life that never really, we never really form relationships with, but we know just enough about them to know a little bit about them as a person. Yeah, and I think this one's really sweet, honestly. A lot of people think this one has... A lot of people think this song is talking about both of these subjects being part of the LGBTQ plus community. And that's what she's referencing, that they grew up with hard home lives. They didn't agree with those stances and those personal choices, if you will. Um, we, we avoid talking in depth about anything like that on this channel just because... And we can cut this part out because I probably shouldn't say it. But we're... we're I, I, I wanted to talk said about, LGBTQ+, I, wanted to plus, talk about I kind of started... My, my, my talk, ass kind of clinched a yeah, little bit. I wanted to talk about it. What was I saying before that? Because I was really going somewhere with it, but I mentioned that and I was like oh shoot gotta hold on I can, I can think we're good you can't ask me about that I have no listening. we're good okay just cut that whole part out and come back to me at this okay it's 
That's she's awesome. listening to the outfield. Is that is that audible? <laughs> that won't be able to be heard, right? No, 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 okay. no, no. It okay. should be fine. But this song to me seems like one where it's way more reflective than the rest of the album. It's more... I would define this album as very, at some points, bitter and angry in tone. And this is one of those where it's very... it's, It's selfless. It's a selfless concern and hope that these people that she's come across in the past are doing good for themselves now and that they've gotten out of whatever situations they were in that weren't good for them and i think it's really well written and i think it's really well it doesn't really relate to the rest of the album which is fine it's not a concept album i'm gonna say it's a good way to tie off the album because it's kind of and i almost feel like she was kind of self-aware in this she's kind of aware you know what let me end on a song like this so people don't think all I think about is myself. Exactly. Like, sure, this album, at face value, is a very self-centered album. But that being said, the very last song being an actual selfless ballad toward other people and what they're going through. Recognizing that some people do have it worse than she has it, no matter the heartbreak she's been through, you know? But maybe it is kind of a concept album in that regard. At least she's willing to... The concept is <laughs> me, me, me. Yeah, but at the end of it, she still ties it up with saying yes. But I know that there are people that have it worse out there. She's talking about how brutal it is out there for her at the beginning of the album, but then at the end, she realizes maybe it isn't quite as brutal out here for me as it is for you know other people who have it a lot worse. So I think this is a great way to cut or to close the album. And again, it does reassure the listener that it's not just selfishness at the core. There's a lot of selflessness to it as well. So what are your closing thoughts on Sour? Like I said to begin with, it's very much, it's unapologetically delivered toward a certain demographic. And while I don't fit that demographic, Me either. I absolutely see why this would appeal to the age that she was attempted to appeal to. I would have loved for teenage music to sound like this when I was, when I was her age. Yeah. I, absolutely. Of course. And I think a lot of it comes down to this is her first album. This is her f- debut album that came out four months after her debut single while she was like, she had just turned 18. To put together any kind of project at that age is a feat on its own, but to put together a project that does, it holds up. And it, while it's not, it's not going to ever make any top 100 lists of albums of all time, it's not going to ever be in anyone's. It's not well, ever going to go be that cons- far. I feel like there are a lot of people who probably put it on there solely for how it performed on its own. In terms of pure, I mean, chart I don't performance, know, I don't know anybody and streaming performance, and a lot of albums have performed well, culturally and financially, and on the charts, but that haven't really been the best. You know, cla- you know, haven't been classic works. Yeah, the Beastie Boys' lowest-selling album of all time was Paul's Boutique. However, that is widely considered to be their best album of all time. So, nece- doesn't necessarily always Beastie Boys is to Trey as Metallica is to me. Yes, <laughs> but that, all that is said doesn't really correspond. To no, you're that. right. Yeah. So I think while it won't necessarily end up as a classic, if you will, I don't think anybody's gonna ever call this album a classic. I do think it holds up well. Well, the way I see it is I'm excited to see if this is her first album and she's already making such a well-sounding song. I mean, the producers too, obviously, like 90, I would say like 60% of that goes to the producers. For it to be so well-produced, for her to sound so good and have such a great outlook at her age, it makes me, even though this album in of itself is not my cup of tea because I'm not the targeted demographic... It makes me excited to see what kind of music she'll be putting out in the future as she does become of age, as she does reach her 20s, as she does start experiencing more things in life, more so than just heartbreak, as she starts experiencing just, you know, the world. When she starts getting those experiences and adult experiences under her belt, the kind of stuff that she'll be putting out, who knows? She might start getting some of the same perspectives that Billy Joel shares in his music. You never know. Well, as much as... I may not be the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Look at the way Taylor Swift was writing songs when she was in her late teens versus how much she's progressed in terms of what she's writing about now. I'll take your word for it. I have not listened to any of new Taylor Swift. There's a reason she's still got a 
crap ton of fans and is probably breaking Ticketmaster and breaking the corporation down as we speak. There's We're going to be listening to a Taylor Swift album in the near future, aren't we? Most likely. Oh, I mean, it's damn. inevitable. It's like Thanos. I mean, it, it's going to happen one day whether we like it or not. But I think Olivia can really, if she can continue on an upward path, I really think it's only up from here for her. She's got a lot of potential to be long-standing in the industry. But that being said, you got to rate it. So how many driver's licenses out of five do you give this one? Smooth. I'll do three out of five. Three out of five. I was going to say like 2.5 out of five or like two point something out of five, but I felt like that was too harsh because even though, like I've said several times, this album isn't my cup of tea, it's definitely, I would say, one of the best you can get for what it is. A teenage angst heartbreak album. Kudos to the production. Kudos to the songwriting. Kudos to her voice. Everything works together pretty well in this. That being said, I would rate it a little higher if it weren't for how there is only an EP's worth of good of like good long-standing songs on subjects. Here. There's only an EP's worth of subjects. Is the exactly. Way to it, if I were to put together an EP, I would say "Traitor," "Driver's License," "Good for You," and "Jealousy, Jealousy." I would make it a four-song EP, and those are the songs I would do because they all touch on different topics. And they have different sounds that don't sound like white noise when you put them back to back to back to back. Okay, fair enough. What's yours? That's tough. I have to do three and a half driver's licenses. So we're similar. Out of five. All right. Which comes out to six and a half driver's out of licenses. ten driver's licenses for the Final Connoisseur's rating, which That's I un- think is fair. Given well, that's unfortunate because half a driver's license, you're only drive- able to drive half a car. <laughs> that's facts. And we don't make the rules. But yeah, I think that's... I think. That's fair based on how we've received it ourselves, and I think it's also fair, given that we can be subjective. We don't claim to be critics. We don't claim to be have any sort of musical knowledge above the next man. We're just a couple guys talking about music, and, and we this, just want and, you to be part yeah, of the conversation. This just doesn't really hit us as hard as it would affect or hit other people that this album was intended to hit. So yeah, I think six and a half driver's licenses out of ten makes sense. And all you hardcore pop listeners, big <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo fans... We do want to hear from you. We want to hear what your opinion is. We want to hear what you think of this album. We want to hear... Please, tell us what you think. We want to build a community here, and we want everyone's opinions to be heard. So, Olivia Rodrigo, we really appreciate her album. We appreciate what she does. We're not the target demographic, but even then, we can say she's got something good going on. We'd like to hear from people that might be the target demographic of those songs and understand maybe a greater sense of the appeal. So, yeah, always feel free to... Tweet at us, comment on Instagram, Facebook, if you still use that, whatever you want to use to communicate <laughs> with us. Yeah, we'd be, ha- we'd be happy to hear from you. So Next week, tune in. If you listen around, I don't know, I would hope you still be in bed, but if you're listening around 3 a.m., I think you might be right on the money. Because we're going to dig, dig into... How do you always do that? It actually irks me sometimes how you're able to come up with these. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Ooh.